Welcome to the Enlighten Up Podcast. I am your host, Nicole Frolic, and I invite you to cozy up with me each week as I explore all aspects of the spiritual journey, spiritual biohacking, and expanding the mind beyond this reality. Remember that the collective awakening can start by planting one seed. So thanks for being such an amazing audience and sharing these shows with your family and friends. So without further ado, let's jump right into the episode and find out what we're discovering today. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Enlighten Up podcast. So happy to be back with you this week. We have a new guest on the show, and I'm happy to put him in the hot seat as he had me on the hot seat and his show, New Densities Radio. His name is David Sherman. He is a longtime entrepreneur and former athlete whose track record includes spending time with billionaires and leadership gurus. Across a 20-year span, he has built, sold, and been an advisor to a number of businesses across the world. His family has ties to British intelligence and through his own short stay in the military as a junior officer, has developed a unique contact base of physical and metaphysical contacts leading him to change course in late 2018, founding AboveDuality.com, whose core mission is to empower, encourage, and equip humanity in a physical earth for a non-physical future. David, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing today? <laughs> Pleasure to be here. It's always hard to hear a bio kind of read back to you. It makes you sound sort of like you're glorifying yourself, but I'm doing excellent. Thank you. Really, really good. And I'm not excited to be in the hot seat, Nicole. So be nice, please. Oh, get your uh, butt toasty warm. It's going to be great. <laughs> I'm ready to roll. How are you? I Well, <laughs> to our audience who doesn't have privy to the uh pre-show recording. Um, I'm readjusting back into 3D. Uh, I took two and a half days off of complete disconnection from phone and computer. And I got to say, it was rather liberating. Mm. I mean, do you know how empowering it is when you know that no one can disrupt your peace unless they come knocking on your front door? Mm. We're going to get into this today. I can feel it. <laughs> yes, I do. Well, it was it was great, and I feel a lot more rested and restored. So happy to happy to be kicking off uh, the first day with you today. Mm, pleasure, Hon- honored to be here. Well, you've had quite the story yourself. Uh, you've gone through a lot of things. You know, I'm looking at your website here, and you talk a lot about the Great Awakening, which we will get into later on. Um, but I'm curious. Your awakening, would you say, started around the age of eight? <laughs> or four or five lifetimes ago. Yeah, it did in this incarnation for sure. Um, and I, I'll, I'll give a little walk through it as, as uh, less a boring a version as I can put together here. But um, yeah, I mean, right from eight years old, my father and my mother played very two different roles and very grateful for them. We should always try and honor our parents no matter what they do with us and of course some people enjoy very very difficult upbringings uh so much is, is gleaned from childhood that you bring into into this life uh, and i know nicole a lot of your teachings are, are working intuitively with people who are sort of working that stuff out and many other things but um really cool my father was very sort of disciplined 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 from his military and, and sports background as well and he brought that to me he was the one that brought me to the field and taught me the rules and the regs and the disciplinary uh, way of thinking and living uh, that, that took me relatively far in, in certain sporting arenas. And my mother on the other side of that was really the spiritual teacher and the grounding element to, to my upbringing and both so needed. And of course, as I had chosen them before I came here, absolutely perfect, you know, looking back on it now. And so uh, as I got through my teens, I started to play some, some sport at a decent level, cricket. Uh, you Canadians and Americans don't necessarily uh, know too much about that, but that's okay. I won't explain that sport. Just think of it as baseball, but very English. Um, I, I actually didn't know what cricket was until I moved to the Cayman Islands. <laughs> and then I found out, oh, it's like a flat bat kind of. <laughs> That's right. That's right. It's it's. They probably play beach cricket there, do they? No. Oh no. They actually have the the field. Okay. They they got to up their game. The Caribbean plays beach cricket. <laughs> anyway, um, I've never actually played beach cricket, so I can't really say that. But uh, and that sort of took over from other sports that I was playing, and and uh, and it's a long story. 
I ended up playing in New Zealand at quite a good level. But then I kind of came back and I didn't have a, a contract renewed from that. And that sort of put me in a place of God, like I, I kind of failed. And I wasn't necessarily um, mentally there enough to take that and push it forward. It just kind of collapsed me. And I then got into, um, after a short spell, a sort of personal training and sports-specific personal training, actually, which, again, is a longer story. I got into the business realm and I started uh, working for a, a small uh, recruitment company, which then went on to make a big presence through a door that had been opened to me for a, from a friend of mine after I was sort of going backwards financially. And I took that, made them some money, and then went off and started off on my own. And we grew that was sort of my first business. And I won't get into my business building stuff because that goes on for a long time. But anyway, suffice to say from that period of time, from my late 20s to sort of my mid-30s here, um, I went through various uh, buildings of businesses and being, as, as you had mentioned, an advisor to some companies um, in, in different capacities, actually, but really in the headhunting space. And it was in terms of the awakening, my awakening, it was around um, the 2014 time when a very close friend of mine had passed very suddenly, very young, and I was breaking up a second business, which was a, um, a disaster financially, but I never, I never wanted to make it a business. That was the real sort of reason behind it. Um, and I let a lot of people down. A lot of people lost a lot of money as a result of, of me and my um, sort of failings in, in, in the running of the business, which I was very, very guilty of. And I kind of came through it right at that time I was moving to Canada and long story short, this sort of group of people that had really been let down by me had, had got together and written a very negative blog about me online. And it was on a, a major, major publication. And uh, I didn't know about this for a long, long time. I hadn't read it. And I sort of was starting all over again financially when I landed here in Canada. Anyway, and I started working contracts in the business coaching realm and suddenly one day they started to dry up and people started to not hire me. And I was going, what the hell is going on? And thank God after a number of years, someone had finally pointed out to me, look, there's this, you should probably check out Googling your name. Uh, so I did. And there was this horrendous sort of two, two page blog on a major, I won't mention any names, on a major um, publication for the uh, cinematography and photography industry. And there was just, oh my God, one of those where you read and you just, your heart jumps out onto the desk and, and you feel just like you leave your body, like real shock. And I read through it and I can tell you that 80% uh, of it was just emotion and, and sort of as you experience online, um, sort of, uh, you know, upset and, uh, you know, emotionally driven narrative, but 20% I was very guilty of. And I took that and um, it was really after literally I was about to run out of money and I sat on the, uh, I've just bought a, a property, second property, because I had some money uh, before I sort of got to this place. And I sat on the balcony, it's a true story, of my uh, little condo unit here in, in Calgary. And I just won a contract from um, a new company, a startup company. And I was about to start literally the next day. And I said, God, I've got no money and I'm going to be <laughs> probably out on the streets if this contract doesn't last. I don't know what you've got to do, but I really want you to get rid of this blog. Now, some background story with that is that we'd actually had to put together, because it was very libelous, we had to put together a small legal team. I did. And we had approached this, this, uh, this company that ran the blog and said, look, you can't, you've got to take this down. So this has been going on for about so two or three months, that legal action. And I kid you not, the next day after I'd sent that prayer up, um, it was taken down. Like it was literally gone from the web. And uh, I didn't know that, but I looked at the end of the day and my God, it had gone. And it was just a miracle moment. Anyway, that was sort of a real spiritual retuning for me. And I'll fast forward a lot more to the story uh, to 2018, as you'd mentioned, sort of the beginning of 2019, end of 2018, when I just started to get spiritually called back into the metaphysical future that we're heading into. So the, the Great Awakening. And I, I sort of got into Q. 
I'd got into um, researching some uh, wonderful uh, sort of decryptors of Q and right off the bat, as I'd just spoken about in my last show with uh, Nancy and, and Michael Dunn, the 5G radio show, they've got a great, great uh, broadcast every week, is that it was very clear that Q had military intelligence behind it and, you know, just obvious. And um, anyway, so I started to get some pangs on my heart to join this movement and make as big an impact as I could. Uh, and that leads me to starting Above Duality, or led me to it, which really is an umbrella for so many projects coming up. And I'm going to give you an exclusive in a little bit, Nicole, because you did for me. Um, oh, fun. <laughs> Who doesn't uh, love a good exclusive? <laughs> I know. i got to repay the favor. Uh, to a point now where I'm just in, as we all are, and some of us aren't necessarily in this vibration, but I'm in such an excited place for where we are at um, and where we are going. I can't just, I, I just can't describe it. I can't uh, vocalize how, how uh, high frequency I'm feeling with where humanity is going to go now. I've seen it, I can feel it, and um, it's an incredible time. I couldn't agree with you more. It's such a rush of energy coming in. Um, before I went on my two and a half day hiatus of, you know, just taking it easy, I was working on a meditation um, that I put out in my alchemy program. And it is very different from most of my meditations, although it's quite similar to the first one in that program in that it's more of like an activation but it's called The Hero Awakens, Earth Angels Rise. Mm. And it is to the music of what sounds like an epic trailer to the biggest battle that humanity is ever facing mm. um, with a huge spiritual um, prevailing outcome. And every time I go to finish that meditation, I just get so energized because it makes me think about where we're all going, where we're all right now, where we could have been going had the Great Awakening not come into play. Mm. And it's so easy to get caught up in some of the fear that's being pushed on us right now. Uh, even, even if you're not aware that you're getting caught up in the fear, because even myself, I reason why I had to take these two and a half days off is because I could my, you know, our subconscious gets programmed so easily through subtleties and and um just visuals and hmm. uh i think that there is so much hope available to us right now and that hope is calling upon everyone's soul and i feel like a lot of people are wanting to contribute in some way right now yes i i absolutely agree it's sort of as we've had these billions of uh walk-ins if you want to call it but billions of of light souls that have come in probably the last 20 years and maybe even more than that to combat this the df the dark forces that were controlling for a long time but let's not forget they were absolutely crucial to this awakening we could not be propelling uh, in this duality we could not be propelling towards this unbelievable change in densities and shift in humanity's course without them without the control without the repression they're needed. And so we must, as heinous as some of these crimes are, we must love them for that. We must find a way to do that. But yeah, this was, this was the DF. So don't you call them the deep state, the, the word beginning with I. I don't like that, the cabal, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, word. yeah, I agree. <laughs> but I, I like the DF, the dark forces. Um, and as I mentioned in, in this last show I just did, who were they? Who are they? And people will say, well, you know, they're maybe draconian and reptilian uh, led in the hierarchy down to people and there's you know uh, there's bloodlines there and all this kind of stuff and this this is true in the physical but that's not who they are that's not who they are who are they they are those who would and have tried to take us away from our mastery that's all they are okay and in the part of duality they're needed for that now one of the uh the projects that i'm about to launch is because I think like you just said, Nicole, there are, there, there are, I, I've learned and a very wealthy man told me this one time that something financially wealthy and also in character as well, I must add that everything in life is a third, a third, a third, three thirds, right? 
and a third of people in this as it relates to this awakening are so so ready to kick on to 5d and beyond they are almost sort of they got one foot out the door uh, there are another third of people who are getting to that place but are very uh, awakened um, and there's a third of people who are just still very stuck in the matrix and all all is moving to true north at different speeds in my opinion now um, the project that i'm about to be launching called the uh, the new eden project initiative is going to be for that first wave of people who are ready to not to leave necessarily but to create this new earth and um, i've got lots of collaborators that are going to be involved with this and i of course want to talk to you nicole offline about it anyway and so my mission right now is to is to start to prepare people for this new earth in maybe 10 15 years time i don't know what how long it will be it doesn't necessarily need to take that long or in fact whether time will be involved in that density anyway but um this is this is the core thing that i'm focusing on right now is reminding people of their mastery of their christ consciousness potential of like you said the hope that is available because all of this and you know this i'm, I'm preaching to the uh, the angelic choir here is we have this christ consciousness this christed ability that is ready to be activated should we choose to put in the work um anyway just some some narrative on that i'm just super excited about it that sounds really exciting and i think that's so important to when you talk about mastery and self-mastery and the the role of duality that there must be a dark in order to have the light and there must be light in order to have the dark mm. and you know it's interesting because the dark to me provides an opportunity for the most insight when we think about the dark it represents the void and the void space is where everything is created and well if everything is created out of nothing the void the darkness then is the darkness really that bad mm. and of course it comes into the perception of duality down here um, black versus white um, right versus wrong all of these sorts of ideas and perceptions in this dualistic world but, you know, when you talked about that idea of this draconian, perhaps reptilian um, forces, uh, one of the things that we've talked about on the show here, I'm wondering if you've, if you've encountered this, but have you encountered any positive reptilians? <laughs> Not personally, um, but, and I forget the name of this uh, particular person on Instagram, but uh, funny you mentioned probably a couple of months ago now someone had sent me um, and you may even know them and I don't know the names because I didn't look into it too deep so I can't quote them unfortunately but there is a channel out there who is a channeler who is uh, pushing through a message from a very positive reptilian race um, and I sort of saw the the artist's illustration of them <laughs> pretty scary but um <laughs> that was just my sort of look my visual interpretation but uh no i haven't i do think they exist especially in 3d but i think you know you said you said something important which just gave me a little ping just now you said the black versus white the good versus evil it, it, it's not the it's not the that side or the that side it's the versus the versus mm is the, the competition versus collaboration element right that's mm. the piece absolutely yeah and um so no i haven't i am in contact with a particular a positive group from orion but um no no reptilians yeah I'll, i keep the lights on when i sleep sometimes but no <laughs> i actually have a positive reptilian guide who's helping me recall information mm. um through my akashic records so there are, well with anything there must be good and evil in all right so i'd love to hear more about that nicole <laughs> um well i actually would like to hear about you know your position on vaccines you make known on your website uh mm. and with everything that's happening right now with uh the big virus the big cv <laughs> we, yeah. algorithms will shut us down if i pronounce it properly yeah. um but with everything that's kind of going on and this idea that there's a huge push for vaccines um, and that a lot of people are talking about the one of the reasons 
of this whole virus when we, uh, you know, there, there's talk that it is a, started off as a bioweapon. And um, if that's true, was the intention to not just crash the economy, but also to bring in mandatory vaccines for people? What are your thoughts on all of that? Yeah, uh, absolutely. Well, this was the, uh, the, the DF's final play, wasn't it? As a great show that Laura Eisenhower uh, hosted with Mike Barra, Michael Sala, and John D'Souza. Uh, I think it was a couple of days ago now. And they were talking about this. This is talked about across many channels, but this is this one I saw most recently. And I, I believe it. I believe it was the, the DF's final play, which was to uh, release this bioweapon, which was supposed to be released in America, by the way, um, but has given the Alliance a great deal of time to counter up this uh, this particular situation, as we probably know about. Um, anyway, to yeah, to, to launch this, to get people inside, to spread fear, 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 because what does fear do? It doesn't allow people to think. And uh, you know, critical thinkers are, <laughs> spiritual critical thinkers of the DS worst enemy, right? Um, you, you know, I was reading um, a book and it inspired me to do my next video and I'm calling it Fear Makes You Dumber literally. (laughs) And it's true. What you just said there, you can't think when you're in fear, literally all of the blood that should be at the front of your head in your, in your frontal cortex, where all of your conscious thinking occurs, your critical thinking goes to the back of the brain for survival. So to the reptilian part of your brain. And that means you can't think all you can do is react. Mm. And we've seen already some cases of that reaction through panic buying, shopping, and and all of that. And, you know, this whole thing to push so much fear into people's minds where they're scared to even spend time with other people, um, even if they're just like one or two people that are close to you and and everyone's minimizing contact and all of that, there's a fear that's being instilled where people just aren't critically thinking about things. And then that brings into question of, well, if people aren't critically thinking, then they're going to be a lot more complacent to receive a vaccine because they're scared for their life. And this vaccine is the cure and the answer to all their problems. Yeah, right. A friend of mine calls this uh, a transcendory time, uh, a time of transcendence, but an incendiary time as well. And yeah, like you said, it's scientifically proven this fight or flight state that comes directly through fear as uh, i'm not quite sure what what they are maybe norepinephrine and epinephrine the adrenalines that are released um, i'm going to get that wrong because my anatomy and physiology t- days are well behind me <laughs> but um this is it this was this was part of their play to get everyone inside to create the social distancing thing and to create so much fear and panic that the and this is collapsing it's collapsing like a pack of cards because uh, people are seeing through it uh, so scared that this virus is going to wipe out the world and need this vaccine to save them. Let's talk about vaccines for a minute. Uh, Please. It's not, yeah. <laughs> it's not, I'm not going to get into the, the science of it, um, but I will say this, is that it's not really a question of vaccines. It's a question of health and immunity, right? You know, when someone comes to me, when someone used to come to me many moons ago and say, well, look, you know, I, I want to create a diet. I want to accomplish this and I want to accomplish that. And I say, well, I'm probably not going to help you with that because I'm not interested in a sort of a one-hit goal, wonder scenario. And what I'm interested in is it's not about a diet. It's about a lifestyle, right? It's about creating a life that is uh, congruent with your values and your actions match that. So when it comes to vaccines, and I have a little one, I have a a nine-month-old son who's going to probably change the world one day if anything right now is happening to, to prove that. Um, but he, um, uh, obviously with a young one and any parent goes through this is thrust very face first into the, if you choose to, to do this, which, uh, I haven't, I'm separated from my, uh, my second wife. We're very good friends, but we've chosen not to do this, um, is the, in the Western medical system, which is wonderful doctors and nurses. Some of them are my friends, in fact, great people but who are conditioned on a system uh, where the science is largely uh, to an agenda and not necessarily made up, but is controlled. And I'll I'll leave that particular point there. 
So when it comes to sort of vaccines, it's a question of life moves in the direction of your questions. That's really important. It's a question of, okay, uh, what's the goal here? The goal here is for me or for my son is to create a healthy lifestyle of strong immunity. Okay, that's, that's the goal. And there are two ways of doing that. There is the Western uh, medical way of doing that, or there is what I would call the Eastern way of doing that. So there's, you know, Western medicine versus nat uh, naturopathy, 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 and homeopathy and natural remedies, right? And um, the, uh, this comes into business now. One of the principal components when you make a big decision is what's the execution risk, right? What's the upside? What's the downside? Can I handle the downside? Okay, with a big decision. It's a great little structure that I use. And so with the Western way of you know, immunology, creating strong immune systems and creating a healthy life, uh, can it be done that way? Well, <clears throat> that's for you to decide on your research. I haven't seen particularly strong evidence that, that leads me to believe that. And you, you have to do evidence on both sides. You have to research both sides of the fence. Um, is, uh, you know, what, is, what are the execution risks of going the traditional needle in the arm or somewhere else, <laughs> uh, vaccine method, and the execution risks are there to see, right? With the uh, link to autism, which is pretty irrefutable in my opinion, if you do proper research, um, and of course links to uh, compromised immune systems across the board, from my opinion and my research, and everyone should do their own. Okay, let's look at the other side of the fence from, from natu naturopathy or homeopathy, natural remedies. What's the execution risk of gaining healthy immune systems through this way? Well, there is virtually none, right? Um, and so for me, as a base of logic, a logical decision as a parent, that's just what I use. And I encourage everyone to be critical thinking in that realm. I'm not gonna sit here and say vaccines are terrible, they cause autism and terrible immune system problems, if, even if I believe that, because everybody's gotta do that for themselves, right? Yeah. And, you know, you said something there that I think is really um, important. And I think it's a great starting point for anyone get, when they're questioning anything is what's the goal here? Like, what am I working towards? And that the fact that you could hone in on, okay, I want like great immunity, longevity in my son's immunity, a strong immune system. That's important to recognize before you take any steps forward or even know what kind of questions you're supposed to ask. Mm. Exactly. It's a really interesting point and a very important one to expand on as well, because uh, not to get off the, the topic here, but as people, I get sent all kinds of stuff from various sources, some friends, some uh, more, more deeper. And uh, especially with, with when friends send me stuff and they're furious about this and furious about that. And, Look what Trump said here, or uh, look what Obama did, or, or what, whatever it is. And I just, I just go back to my coaching days in business, and I say, well, that's great. Let, you know, there's there's uh, strong conversations and this and that. And what are you after? What is your goal? What's your why? What is Simon Sinek? Wonderful talk, a wonderful book, a couple of books actually. On uh, let's just reset for a second. What is your goal here with researching this information? Well, my goal is to, you know. Go, ascend and go into 5d and well why are you spending so much time with your actions taking your vibration away from your goal right and that's sort of where i'm at with this this whole picture is it's great to know about this stuff and i think it's important but you've got to do the 80 20 split nicole you've got to spend 80 percent of your day in high vibration and 20 percent on the other stuff if this is your mission and um anyway just a side comment no, I think that's perfect. And that 80-20 rule is so important to remember at all times that mm. um, if you're, you know, that's, that's how nature works and at least a healthy nature, <laughs> a nature that's in, it's in synergy with itself. The Great Awakening. When did you find out about Q? Um, I think right after it came out in the first year i heard rumblings of it i was too um i was still too involved with the 3d business stuff to really pay attention to it 
but it was right at the end of 2018 that I started to take it seriously. Um, and then I really got on uh, Twitter, which is where the action's happening, folks, with Q. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, uh, in 2019, I really got on, on Twitter. I forget the month, but so I really got into it end of, end of uh, 2018. And um, again, just for me, with my background and, and the things that I'd learned about before that, because I started learning about the secret space program when I was, I don't know what age I was, but back in 2009, when a, a military contact had, push me in the direction of researching in a very sort of blase way. So I, I'd uh, known there was uh, this, this uh, I'd known about the Great Awakening, I guess, back then. It wasn't necessarily as profound for me as it was in 2018 at the end of, um, but that's around the time frame, yeah. And, you know, in the Q movement, it's talked a lot about how we're fighting a spiritual war and that the war is silent. What are your thoughts on that? <laughs> Very true. And which is why um, I'm saying to people when they say, oh, Bill Gates has just come out and he's talking about chipping the world. I say, good. I say, oh, this, this is good. Let it come out. Let it come out into the open. Trust the awakening of humanity. Trust consciousness. Trust where we're at. You know, our galactic position, the grand solar minimum with the electromagnetism hitting the earth right now with humanity's awakening as a result of that with light forces from et groups coming in we've never been at this level of consciousness with this seeding of humanity and i can't necessarily have this kind of a conversation with someone who's just waking up but i just say um just let it go let go of the need to control it this needs to come out this is part of the process um yes it is silent but it's it needs to become more vocal which it is and it's all part of the process. And it, it does need to be like poison is drawn from a, a wound kind of thing right now. These dark forces in this darkness is literally being syringed, spiritually syringed from the earth. And it's not going to be a pretty process. It's not going to be, you know, uh, rainbows and roses. It's going to be in your face, you know, a punch to the, the nose kind of thing. Holy cow, this is not what I thought it was. You know, Neo on the ship throwing up <laughs> finding out that uh what he thought was reality isn't mm. um, so we need to be uh, as as light workers warriors star seeds whatever you want to put yourself into and none is wrong um we need to be ever mindful of the, the different levels that people are at um, but yes it is it, it has been silent but it, it shall be silent no more and you brought up a topic there that i'm curious to ask you a question on since you are in the hot seat. Um, <laughs> this comes up a lot in the spiritual community, this idea of, um, you know, when you're at war, all you do is use love. And what are your thoughts on this idea, on the idea of light worker versus light warrior? And what does that really mean? And do you engage the and in like quote unquote enemy which is really just the other side like it's just a darker version of you um but how do you how do you approach that kind of topic because do you know where i'm going with this i do yeah yeah and this was sort of actually asked to me in a dm the other day and the individual was nearly as calm and reflective as you so i had to sort of <laughs> take it uh, take it back to basics of, of just trying to add value to them but here is the thing that um, one of the components of the I don't like to put labels on stuff but I will just so people can understand what I'm talking about um, so forgive me but so the you know the new age movement uh, is people and I've been guilty of this and I think we all have to a degree of just putting uh, the daisy chain around our forehead and going everything's great let's keep going when um, when you when you look at how things move from uh, being wrong to being resolved, the process of that, and you deal with this with people all the time, I'm sure, Nicole, is there must be a period of time where you face it, right? You've got to face the darkness. You've got to face your fear. You've got to face the trauma. And it's going to be scary. It's going to have fangs. And it's going to put you on your knees time and time again. But the importance is obviously staying close to God. I staying close to you know the source within and to move through that but 
I think the um, the light warrior versus light worker thing is kind of the same. It's it's the same mission. It may have different components in those two terms. Um, and yes, it is important to be mindful of the the wording behind stuff. You know, the, the sort of the warring uh, light warrior, the light, the warring element to that can um, put you maybe in more of an offensive attacking modality and i again i'm guilty of that i think maybe probably we all are in some degree but you know as i'd said in a class the other night at the heart of the problem is a problem of the heart okay and uh as max spears had talked about a super soldier before he was quote unquote taken out um, and i never knew max personally but i followed a lot of his testimony and he was saying that you know this reptilian and, and draconian agenda was really a battle for the human heart and i love that because they could never figure it out these um very high density beings in some cases that were in and you can be a high density being but have low vibrational intentions by the way uh, up to a certain level uh, especially some of these 4d beings that are here right now um, that we will drive off the planet should they not choose to uh, be in service to others and convert which we will give them the opportunity to do um, is um, they could never figure out this Christ consciousness heart center, right? And that's why they, they were always des destined to fail and the light was always destined to win, which it is turning the tide now. So I think sort of roundabout way of answering that is it is all about the heart center. It is all about love and uh, in different capacities, we must go through certain phases of offense or offensive action but remember to stay centered in the heart through that and just as a side comment you know when you're replying people i've got a, a sort of a tutorial coming up on this as i start vlogging here uh, uh beware world <laughs> <laughs> um is that uh before you comment and reply to someone whether they're a friend or whether they're a stranger is you're asking the question is my reply is my response uh from ego or is it from presence and if you have the wherewithal spiritually, and I get this wrong, like everyone does, to um, pause, the power of the pause, to pause and ask that question and then respond, I think you'll have a different connection with the person you're responding to. Yeah. You know, I, I think that I don't know if my listeners would be surprised to hear this or not, because I don't think I've ever discussed this on my channel. Um, but I'm of the mindset, the more, well, this is, well, this is interesting. The more connected I become to my own self with more love and more honor and more respect, the more I realize that if it came down to me or someone else, I'm going to choose me. <laughs> yeah. Um, when I, and when I say that, I mean, I'm not that it sense that I'm protecting someone, like if I'm protecting a child, like I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about someone's coming at me and it's just this, this person thing in me, okay? Mm. And I believe that to, it is so important to avoid violence at all costs, mm. but there will possibly come a time where it's unavoidable. And if it is, light warrior that shit up and take your best shot <laughs> <laughs> that's so good i agree yeah and you know what it's not even going it's not even choosing you it's choosing to you know maintain your light and your um your strength in light so that you can shine that light further further down the line right and mm -hmm. of course there's, there's a protection element in the short term for that but it's this is it. This is this is deciphering the profound cipher, right? And the cipher is um, who are we really, and why are we here? And this is part of that. So I love that. And it's and it's uh, and I'm sure you encounter this a lot. Is this question of the ego? I am in Latin. I am ego. Ego agas agat egomus agatus again. Don't ask me why my mother put me in Latin, but she did. <laughs> uh, anyway, it's not a spoken language, but it is fascinating. And it's what you put after that that's important. Ego is crucially important to duality if, if uh, used correctly. And of course, the, the mission is to understand it and use it for a service to others mentality. But 
there's a friend of mine, Jeff Dunphy, who we just did a, a, a show. Uh, he runs re retoolingtheworld.com. He's a wonderful teacher. He really is. And uh, in the beginning of his classes, he says, uh, don't ignore the ego, but our goal is to love it into submission, you know? Mm. And I, I love Absolutely. that. Absolutely. And I think that's kind of a, to a degree with differences, what you're, what you just said. Yeah. I think, well, we always got to remember that which you resist will persist. So yeah. if you want to fight that ego and resist it, it's probably not going to work out so well. Totally. Yeah. So absolutely embracing, loving, accepting, surrendering, but not surrendering to the sense of, because a lot of people, they perceive surrender as in giving up. Mm. But it's like the ego, I think, is a fantastic teacher for all of us when we recognize the ego's role. So when we have that awareness that of what the ego's role is, then it can truly become a teacher when we then are the observer. I agree. I want to just uh, beautifully put, I want to put something in that. And um, one of the most impactful books, surprisingly so for me, was, you may have read it, is a book called Boundaries. And it does have a very strong Christian theme. So if you're not Christian, then you have to understand that that's going to be part of it. I'm not a, sort of a, a Christian as such at all, but I've got nothing wrong with Christianity. It's a beautiful religion in many, many ways. Um, I don't have a religion. But um, this book, I've used so many teachings from it to draw uh, spiritual and sort of, I guess, physical uh, boundaries in my own life and there have been some that needed to be drawn and also tried to uh, equip others with some of those teachings to do the same because when you feel empowered to be able to keep your light right stand in your strength not lose your vibration but at the same time when someone is being a, you know an aggressor and hopefully not physically especially if you're a you know a lady and there's a strong man it's, it's just not anyway i won't go into that uh, or even man on oh man, it doesn't really matter. Um, but is to be able to draw a boundary with that person in a calm, collected and loving way as much as possible. It, it will transform your life because no one can ever steal your light. You can only give it away. Right. Or dim it yourself. Exactly. Yep. Mm hmm. And it's so empowering once you realize that, you know, because we've been taught to live from a victim mentality. And I think that's kind of where I, I wanted to also touch on with that idea of talking about the spiritual warrior um, versus like the light worker or, you know, mm. that, that idea that we've been conditioned through war one of the uh, ways that the matrix has been designed to keep us in a place of disempowerment is to condition our minds to believe that self-sacrifice is honorable. Mm. And this idea also, and I'm going to get a little bit religious here, <laughs> but um, that God would sacrifice his only son, which means that was a loving act for all of us. But really, who sacrifices their only child in the name of love? It's, right. you know, and so when we talk about this idea of sacrifice and war, that it's the honorable thing to do, it, it's, it's very honorable. And I, and I commend anyone who is in a battle right now um, to fight for freedoms and liberties that are at this current time in a deep, deep um, battle to strip those away from, from us. Mm. But as we, as of course, as we said, like we're all responsible for our own awakening and our own realization of what those liberties are and how they're being taken from us or at least attempted. But this idea of self-sacrifice is an honorable thing. Like, what are your thoughts on that? <laughs> oh, good one. Uh, she's not prepared me with any of these questions, folks. No, I didn't. He, and I, he, he totally prepared me. He gave me <laughs> all the questions ahead of time, which no one's ever done before for me. So I was like, Oh, cool. <laughs> but I'm not doing the same for him. <laughs> I'm going to get you back. Don't worry. Um, <laughs> well, look, um, let's talk about Christ for a minute. Um, very quickly. And I'll see if I can answer that in a, uh, some kind of a way. Uh, but when people so celebrate Christmas and if you do it's beautiful, 
really fun time. I think it can be celebrated the wrong way. And I've been guilty of that for sure. Everything I share today, by the way, folks, is I am more than guilty of. So I'm kind of talking to myself. We all are. We're oh, all goodness. We're all human. No, I'm the guiltiest here, I can tell you. Um, <laughs> but, Do you uh, want to have a battle right now about who's <laughs> guiltier? <laughs> oh, goodness me. Um, so uh, when I ask people, well, what's December the 25th? And they say, well, Jesus was born, Christ Mass. I say, nope. I say, what do you mean? I say, well, uh, it was the day that Christ and Christ consciousness was brought into the world, into the consciousness of humanity, right? And um, just touching on that point, I'm going really deep into, uh, literally just started actually into researching and getting acquainted with the masters of the East. Uh, East, not yeast, <laughs> <British accent. laughs> uh, if you want to get into masters of the East as well, nothing wrong with that, but uh, if there is such a thing, but masters of the Eastern way, of living. There's a wonderful book called uh, Life and Teaching of the Masters of the Far East uh, by William, uh, sorry, uh, uh, David Spaulding. And I've just, uh, there's sort of a five book compendium and it's been on my shelf for a long, long time. And it just leapt out at me the other day. And uh, these masters of the East were, uh, by all accounts, it's sort of a, an account, a true story, if you believe it, of an expedition team that were in, in, in India and the East for various reasons. And they came across these masters. And it's a much longer story than that, how that happened. But it does appear that these masters were some of the uh, line that Jesus first spent a lot of time with. Incredible story. Some of these masters were 500 years old in human form, if you can believe that. Unbelievable stuff in there. Um, and it really is resonating with me. Um, and um, you know, when you talk about warrior, spirit warrior, did any of these masters ever call themselves a warrior? And I haven't found anything that says that. It may be sort of, you know, as you go back through the ages of the samurai and things like that, you know, great spiritual practice. But I, I've never heard any of these great masters call themselves a warrior. And that, it just came to me that as we were talking about it, very interesting. So I referenced that for that, that reason. Um, and I'd like to, would try and, and sort of talk about that more and embody that because, um, and again, not to ignore the fact that there are oppressors and suppressors, but when the focus, that which is focused on grows, right? That which is likened to itself is drawn. Esther Hicks, the law of attraction, I believe that. And I've encountered it far too often, the same is true of light and dark. Um, but what, what you focus on, you feel. And when there is a focus on and a, a dedicated work to the Christ consciousness, the Christ within, you know, the inner work, um, everything else just seems to fall into place to a degree. Now, it's not that simple, um, but you sort of become, um, you, you become invincible and not necessarily that you can't be shot or killed. But if you hear some of these stories from these masters, it's pretty incredible. Um, but uh, you become uh, that's why I think warrior is maybe, I don't like words, they're so limited, and that which is labeled is already limited. But um, the, the word like warrior, I, I, I don't like, I use it, I do, but I don't like because it does have the connotations of, of mm. having to you know, forward an offensive to something. But when there is a complete presence in the moment in, in a Christ consciousness way, and I keep using that term very intentionally, um, then the rest sort of takes care of itself. Um, now, you know, there are exceptions to that when you do need to create boundaries in an offensive. But um, I don't know if that even answers your question, Nicole, but I wanted I, to throw that in there. I like that idea, though. I would agree with you that the, the word warrior, just because it has the word war in it and we're so programmed, our, our mm. minds are so heavily programmed with um, meanings of war. Um, that yeah. I like the idea. I think the word master, um, mastery, self-mastery mm. um, is ultimately what it comes down to. Because if you have self-mastery in all aspects of yourself, then you are in complete control of all that you need to be in control of, which is you. Yes. And I mean, we can't control anything outside of us. But then again, 
nothing is outside of us. So if you can control everything within, then you, then I, I believe, I like that idea of the mastery word kind of being used as a term, as opposed to warrior. I would agree with you on that. Yeah. It's, you know, um, I like it. I really do like it. The ages that we've been in, in the medieval age, all the way through to the industrial age, the digital age. And uh, some would say, well, what's the age now? And some people, maybe like Elon Musk, whether you follow him or not, would say something like, well, it's probably the age of AI. And I think that's incorrect because we're heading into the age of knowing, right? We're heading into the age of, uh, and not just knowing, more importantly, remembering. Mm. remembering who we truly are because unless it's a physical skill like engineering or fixing cars or things like that you never really learn anything you just get guided to remember it let me ask you this question and for the record i'm not purposely trying to throw you off (laughs) (laughs) i actually really like to let the questions surface through the conversation that's why i don't have a lot pre-planned i just have ideas Mm. but this idea of remembering who you are to someone who maybe doesn't really understand that concept. What do you mean? Remember who I am. I know who I am. Like, how do you remember who you are? Like what, what do you say to that? Um, I try not to say anything until I've got an understanding on them. Not always possible and quite often not, but let me just touch on that. I, I will answer this specifically. But uh, as a side note, folks, when you are connecting with people and you, you do call yourself a, a light warrior or a starseed or a red pillar, whatever it is, it doesn't, doesn't matter what, what you want to call that, is that before you, uh, because you are powerful, you, everyone's powerful, but you have an enlightened awareness of that power. And like uh, you know, is said in Marvel movies, follows it great responsibility, right? And so let's remember that. Let's be mindful of that. So when you come to uh, talk to and try and become, which is what you're doing, trying to do, become a positive influence on that person, whoever it is, whether it's a family member, whether it's someone in the street, in the supermarket, just passing, telling you to wash your hands, (laughs) which happened to me this morning. Um, But it is absolutely crucial to take the time to gather as much information about that person as you possibly can before you try and become an influence in their life. Why? Because information travels across a bridge from one side to the other. And that bridge is trust, folks. Take it from someone who's learned this the hard way. Mm. And when that bridge is built, and that can take years, it can take moments, whichever is, is necessary and needed, and sometimes both. But when that bridge is built, you can send you can send those trucks across, baby. <laughs> Open the checkpoint, send them through. But quite often, as I have done, we send those trucks across before the bridge has been built and they fall into the river and they get swept <laughs> away. So um, when it comes to talking to people about a specific topic like this, you've got to know where they're at. You know, you've got to know where they're at spiritually before you hit them with a spiritual lightning bolt. You know, if you suddenly become Thor and you come in with this, and sometimes it's okay to do that. They need that. And maybe they've asked for it in you know, contractually before being here. And you've got to just be intuitive enough to gauge that at the time. It's sometimes very difficult. But you've got to find out where they're at to, to sort of deliver the message in the right way, to cross the bridge in the right way. Because if you don't, your message is just going to be unheard at the time. It may be reactivated later through consciousness. That's okay. But that's sort of my answer to that is you've got to, You've got to find out where they're at and deliver the message appropriately, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that, you know, especially once you become awakened to so much, you just get so excited. You want to share everything with the world and you're like, how do you not want to know this? You know, <laughs> like, don't, don't you want to know that your food's being poisoned, that your air is being chemtrailed, that you're, <laughs> right. it's, you know, it's- it's not just the can of soup, it's the entire yeah. it's the entire factoring on their head, yeah. I think like when it comes to though remembering who you are, you know, when you take that down just to like the essence of a soul, of who you are, I think one of the great ways that I I look at it at is that I try to connect with the person in understanding who or what their heart was like before any of the walls went up, Mm. you know, before any wall or any brick was laid, 
around that heart. Who were you? And I think that's a really good place to start with people in helping them remember who they are because this whole life has been about building walls and laying down bricks and keeping people out. <laughs> yeah, it has. One, one thing you just reminded me of something, you know, the, the influence or the red pill, you know, it doesn't happen in the moment. It starts hours before that. And what I mean by that is before you go out, if you really want to be a light warrior, let's use the term, uh, and go out there, before you go out, whatever your morning routine is, try and sneak in there a little invocation, prayer, um, uh, incantation, whatever you want to call it, and just sit quietly for, use breath, whatever you need to use to get centered. Sit quiet. This is what I should do more of. I used to do it a lot, and I've got off track, and it's reminded me to do it again because there are so many people around, even in this time, especially in my area down here, is just say, look, God, higher power, divine, source I am, whatever it is for you, please use me as a positive influence in the lives of others today to impact them at a level wherever they're at with whatever they need to hear right now. And, uh, you know, wrap a seal around your heart and go out with that. And I can tell you magical things will happen. That's beautiful. I love that. So important. Mm. Well, let's just uh, transition to something a little more happy and uh, <laughs> lighthearted for you before we wrap this up. Have you had any powerful visions that um, pertain to perhaps the ascension process, what we're going through right now in humanity, or any sort of um, information that would be useful to anyone on the, on the path of awakening? I mean, so many and so many synchronicities. Let me, I'll isolate a couple. Uh, and one is actually from my mother, so I'll cheat, but I don't care. <laughs> I got the mic, I'm going to cheat. Um, I think for me, it's more of an ongoing feeling. This time, actually, this was probably the beginning of the awakening for me. Now that I think about that, this is it was a feeling that money, that the old infrastructure, the home to work, the um, the whole system of living here in 3D it started to become a feeling of a distant memory. And it was really odd. It was like I was walking, and I'm actually living in this right now, but it started off sort of around the time when I mentioned my awakening was in 2018, sort of the end of the year, maybe even before that, but as I remember. Um, and it started to feel like uh, walking and living in a bit of a daydream. There was a fog and it didn't really feel like I was connected to reality. I couldn't really get excited about anything in 3D to the degree that I had done in the past. And it just felt like money was going away. The old systems were going away. And I would tell people this and I'd say, and it would just sort of come out in conversation though. I didn't even sort of hadn't thought about it or meditated on it. And I'd just say, well, you do know that money is going to be gone from the planet within 10 years, don't you? And I'd say this stuff in boardrooms and you know places like that. And I'd sort of get laughed out of the show. Um, Many times, and I just thinking about that now, these were the beginning, and I've actually heard a lot of people talk that they're feeling similar ways. So if you are listening to this and that's you, hey, it's normal, it's okay. Um, either that or we're both weird. Um, but uh, I would start to sort of leave this reality in, in living waking days. It was very, very odd. So definitely that stands to mind. I'll share with you a vision that my mother had, a wonderful spiritual teacher of mine, a wonderful lady still with us, uh, going through just a wonderful battle herself right now with with this stuff actually uh, with she said to me uh, uh, just a very quick side comment side story when we were chatting a couple of days ago she had said to me that she was feeling finding it very difficult to find find balance you know she was seeking balance uh, spiritually and physically and i uh, was sort of talking about that for a bit i said well mom you do know that the reason in my opinion the reason why you're feeling that right now is because in the 3D or in this density, so maybe the end of 3D, the beginning of the fourth, is we have attached so much security, well-being, and knowing that we have safety in money, in security, in relationships, everything attachment-based, right? And you do know as we are shifting densities right now, we're moving to a non 
uh, or a, a, a scarcely attached way of living, right, as we get through to 5D and beyond. That we, the the, the uh, whole principle of attachment is shifting. And so, of course, you feel unbalanced. You can't find security because you're moving into a density where uh, it doesn't necessarily have large degrees of that, but you're still trying to find it here. So you're, you're pulling yourself in two different directions. Um, anyway, and that's sort of as I explain what I'm going through as well. Uh, but the vision that she kept having in meditations was she would, I'm trying to put this in my YouTube intro and I can't find a good uh, graphics guy to do it, but I, maybe it will change. Anyway, so if you're listening, give me an email. Um, <laughs> uh, is she would envision in these meditations, she would get a vision of uh, uh, the earth and it was wrapped in this, this sort of cold and decrepit skin, you know, really sort of old skin, like a sort of a nut about to pop out or even a nut maybe that's gone bad and the skin is bad on the outside or a fruit. But then what would happen is this beautiful, uh, brilliant white pearl, which was the earth, would then pop out of the skin and would be there shining brilliantly and brightly. And it's um, just beautiful. I love that. So those two things. Oh, I love that. That's really beautiful. That's a, mm. that's a great vision. And do you have anything that you could share with the audience that you've found useful or helpful during times where you feel uncertain or fearful, um, you know, a way to kind of lift your own vibration when you know it's low? Like, is there anything, techniques or anything that you do that you think it would be useful? Yes. <laughs> but you've got to go to abovejuality.com to find out. No, just kidding. Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding, but kind of half kidding. I've got a, a series coming up, um, which is, uh, again, it's, it's based around the, 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 new Egypt, the New Eden Project Initiative. This is a component of it, is teaching some of the things. And who am I? I've just stolen a lot of the things that I use today from wonderful leaders and wonderful mentors of mine that work, right? Qualification versus certification, the work. And a lot of these basic practices um, uh, I will be talking about and teaching in various free courses that anybody can go and use. It's not going to cost anything. And one of them is called uh, QNAC, which is Quantum Neuroassociative Conditioning, QNAC. And so I'll just talk about this very quickly here. Is when, um, and there's, there's going to be a whole lesson on this, so it's going to be in more detail. But what I do, I don't do very much very well. In fact, I do most things wrong, by the way. Um, but I do get one thing, and I'm happy to self-promote on this very, very well. And I've been told this as well is that I'm very, very good at keeping a very strong vibration through difficult times and through most times. It's not perfect, but it is, I found, I developed it to be very strong. And I'm very proud of that. Anyone can do that, by the way. Um, is this QNAC principle is using uh, words, symbols, sounds uh, to link uh, you to a specific vibration that you can use very quickly and get out of a state Right. Tony Robbins talks about this, whether you like him or not, he's wonderful and practical psychology, is to, uh, let's just say for me, I use something called DREAM, D-R-E-A-M, which means don't react, everything is actually magical. Okay, so when, this is particularly on the roads, people, Calgarians, <laughs> listen up. When someone uh, upsets me on the road, which is frequent, that's my fault, uh, I, I say DREAM right away to myself, and that's puts me in that acronym and it puts me in that feeling not always perfect doesn't always work but most of the time puts me in that dreamy feel and gets me centered and allows me to just project love versus anything else to that person so that's one there's a lot more than that but um anyway just that, that to share with you oh well, wonderful okay so while we're at it why don't you let our audience know um please guys go check out his um Above Duality YouTube page, as well as the website, AboveDuality.com. And he does some great shows there and interviews with people. But uh, let them know where exactly they'll be able to find that information um, on the QNAC. And if they're interested in joining, once that becomes available. Right. I've got so much within. And it's just sort of, a, I'm causing myself stress. See, it does happen to me. I'm causing myself stress trying to get it out because I'm really, really excited about equipping and empowering, which is our message as many people as I can because no one needs to feel in fear ever or other things. So yeah, above duality.com. 
um, our, our radio show is New Densities Radio Show, NDRS. Uh, that's on YouTube, the Above Duality part. You should be able to find us there. Um, I'm also on uh, Twitter, Above Duality. I'm on Instagram, uh, Above Duality. And Facebook, Above Duality. Go figure. Um, so you can come find me there. I will try and post daily uh, inspirational messages and red pilling messages now and again on what I think is going to add value. And uh, do watch out there, folks, for stuff that is upcoming. QNEC will be part of this uh, series, which is not yet launched. So there's the exclusive for you. Um, uh, but it is uh, hopefully going to be up and running within the next week or so. Oh, how fantastic. Well, thank you so much. Thanks for the exclusive. <laughs> You're welcome. And um, how's your butt? Feeling warm? Feeling good? <laughs> I need to take a walk around. <laughs> well, thanks for being such a good sport. And thanks for um, giving us some really great knowledge. That was wonderful. I, I think it's... Um, it's nice and refreshing. I liked hearing that idea of the importance of self-mastery and perhaps moving away from the title of warrior. Words are important. They carry vibration. And um, I mean, of course, we can change the vibration with our own belief systems. But uh, I, I think the idea of mastery plays into the idea of self-empowerment and how you are con in control of everything. So I like that a lot. Yeah, totally agree. Thanks so much for coming on the show and um, enlightening us all with the, the duality, the world of duality, the reality of duality. <laughs> well, it's an honor and a privilege, privilege, Nicole, and thank you for your service to humanity. I really, really have uh, become very, very enlightened and excited to have found you and your work, and I shall certainly be stealing some of your teachings, young lady. <laughs> no, there, there are teachings to be shared all around. It doesn't matter who they come from. It's just that they get found and that we all share. Yes, very true, very true. So thank you. Thanks so much, David, for coming on the show. And audience, please go check out his YouTube channel and his uh, website. And of course, follow him on social media and give him a follow and a like. Uh, and thanks again for joining us this week, guys. I love you so much. And uh, we'll be back with you next time. Bye. Thank you all for joining our show. We appreciate you tuning in and supporting us. If any of you have any questions you would like answered on the show or any guests that you would like to hear on our show, please email that information to us at info at enlightenup.us or send us a voice message using the Anchor app. There's a super cool feature on there that allows you to send us a message or ask us a question with a touch of a button right from the app. And please continue to support us by following us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. And if you haven't checked out Nicole's channel on YouTube yet, head on over there for some more insight from her, or you can visit her website, inflexibleme.com, where you can book a personal coaching session or a tarot reading, watch some of her most informative videos, or you can sign up for her newsletter. And if you're interested in some light language healing, head to my YouTube channel, lisaloveslove.com, or send me an email to lisa at lisaloveslove.com to inquire about your own personal reading. Thank you again for joining us and supporting us, and we'll be back with you all next week.